I'm Brandon Dawson, and this is The Distiller, a podcast about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. My guests for this episode are Anne-Marie Herrera and Luis Laya. It's difficult to know just where to start when describing Anne-Marie and Luis. They're Venezuelan immigrants to the United States. Anne-Marie is a biologist and a field ecologist. Luis is an engineer and an architect. Today, they work in Cincinnati in jobs that are ostensibly pretty far from their training, but there's a lot more to their story and to their work than their jobs, as is the case with a lot of us. Oh, and they're the creators of FireLab. What is FireLab? Well, I'm going to let them explain that as only they can. We met for this episode on a snowy, wet November evening, just as the sun went down and the roads got dicey. Upstairs at Commonwealth Bistro in Covington, Kentucky, just before the doors opened for the evening service, we sipped bourbon, we drank coffee, and we talked about different cultural ideas of the meaning of work, about the discussion going on in the United States today around immigration, and about how traumatic events change us irreversibly. I've said it before, I'll say it again, these conversations are exactly the reason I wanted to start this podcast and I'm so honored to be able to hear and to share the stories of people like Anne-Marie and Louise. Our conversation begins just as the bourbon is served, and we wasted no time getting to the good stuff. So here is my conversation with Louise Laya and Anne-Marie Herrera on The Distiller. Cheers. 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 Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very both much. for coming. Really appreciate uh, you both coming out, especially on a, uh, a snowy and wet day. Oh, this is the Midwest. Yeah, you're going to get a little, yeah. a little winter. Whatever. Oh, whenever. that's really good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's it all right. Is. Mm-hmm. It is. All right. Well, uh, normally I start out at just asking people straight off the bat, sort of, what do you do for a living? But your story is a little more complex, so I want to work our way into that. Um, so I want to start off a little bit by just um, getting a little bit of history, and we don't have to go deep, deep into it. Um, but you both moved uh, here from Venezuela how, how long ago? Seven years. Seven years ago. Just okay. seven, just, we just turned seven years here. Okay. From Caracas, you lived in? Nope. No. We lived in a beautiful little island called Margarita Island okay. in the uh, northeast of coast of Venezuela, the Caribbean. Okay. And so for people, because I had to look it up myself because mm-hmm. Americans don't know their geography, mm-hmm. uh, Venezuela is uh, sits on the very north coast of South America. It's the northern country mm-hmm. on the, the, of South, South America. Okay. And right between Colombia and Guyana. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, why did you, you've been here for a while, but why did you originally move to the United States? Well... Venezuela is in a very difficult uh, position right now. Well, it has been for a long time now. Yeah. 20 years. Yes, actually. for 20 years. But it, it, it got worse and worse and worse. And, you know, you, you kind of get used to bad. Yeah. And then you cope and continue and cope and continue until something really bad hits. Mm-hmm. So um, our son was shot at on the street. Oh, man. Didn't get hit, hit or anything. He was not injured or anything. Um, and that was like a wake-up call. Um, not only because, you know, being shot at on the street, that random, you know, if violence that's can... not bad enough. Yeah, well, and random violence can happen to anybody at any point. That's That was not... It was scary, yes. Uh, but when we went to the um, police, 
and to the attorney, the state attorney and stuff to, to um, make the complaint or the, the um, see what, what could be, we'd be done. They just laughed at us. Really? So, no, actually, they treated us as a, su a suspect, you know? Yes. It's like, uh, no, the, the kid, a nine-year-old kid. No, he's on drugs. And, uh, you a nine-year-old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can't imagine uh, how safe yeah. you feel. So does your son have enemies? Like, Good grief. weird questions. Yeah. Like and they refused to open any investigation, even though it was a black hummer. There were two black hummers in the island. Right. So it was pretty easy to, you know, yeah. I think they knew who... And they were and they were just, protecting somebody. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So that at that moment, you said, you know, one thing is to roll with, you know, the risks of being entrepreneur in a small island in a very difficult uh, economy. But another very different thing is to cope with violence. Yeah. And that is not accounted for you know, legally. Yeah. So that was the 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 end drop that you know finally made us move here. Gotcha. And did you move, do you, how many children do you have? We Just have, the one? No, no, we have three. Okay. But two uh, are, are yours mm -hmm. and one is mine. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And it, it, did they move with you? Did you move your whole family or? The, two, two, the two of, two of uh, my children moved okay. with us. Uh, mine is still in Venezuela still with my ex-wife. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that, yes, yeah, yes. that's still it, exactly. a, a little wound there. Yeah. A little big do you go back ever? Or do I haven't you? been there in six years. Oh man, okay. there's there's a big problem with papers. So passports. you are you, you cannot you know um, renew passports. So you cannot enter the country, or right. you, maybe you can enter because he has an American passport now. But you cannot leave the country Good if grief. you don't have your Venezuelan yeah. passport. Actually, you can, but you have to pay somebody. Yeah, and uh, it's a kind of money that uh, it's unpayable. Yeah, I mean, I am talking about five to fifteen thousand dollars. I don't have that just money. to leave the country. And it's yeah. random. Yeah. It could happen that they let you out, and it can happen that they don't. Right. So then you're trapped. Wow. And, yeah. So you mentioned that it's been twenty years. I did a little bit of of research because uh, obviously I've heard Venezuela's in the news. So much, but I, I confess I didn't know anything about sort of what was uh, at the heart of. And I'll sort of sum up my, my understanding of what's been going on. At least what I read basically indicated it's Venezuela is a nation of roughly 30 million people. Yeah. Yep. I read something like 95% of Venezuelan, uh, Venezuela's economy is from oil exports. Yep. Was at least, uh, Was. I don't know. Now it's none. They, they have yeah. been uh, negotiating with the wrong guys uh -huh. uh, well wrong or right who knows thing is uh they are not getting money out of the exportation what they are doing is paying china yes. mm -hmm. because of this and yeah. cuba because of that russia because of that you know and the only real uh um customer that country has is america is yes. this country yeah. and uh Every time you are buying less and less and less and less, and you know it's and a, prices dropping, yeah, oil prices probably, over yeah. the last few yeah. years. Yeah. You would say, you would say, oh, but are those guys dummies or what? No, they are not. When they uh, force, they let the population go down. Then all the population depend on them. Mm -hmm. So, thing is, 
that uh, you can't do anything. If you want to buy uh, food, you have to get a little card that is called Fatherland uh, card or something like that that has a microchip that tells everything about you. Yeah. It's like, you know, Orwell, but worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read something that, that uh, you know, just about um, the ability to do business and even to purchase goods that this fatherland mm -hmm. card, mm -hmm. I, I read about that. It was kind yeah. of and terrifying. On the other hand, you have the corruption. If you are hooked to that, oh my goodness, you have then luxury cars, all the protection you right. can. Uh, I mean, I am talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. That, that thing is incredible. And in the middle of it, the inflation... It's yeah. insane. Is yeah, they said one. I'm I'm reading this because I didn't believe mm -hmm. it. Predicting one million percent mm -hmm. inflation by yep. the end of 2018. Yeah, yep. I can't even nuts. fathom yeah. that. Yeah, do you remember that uh, old uh, um, story about the two ladies in Germany in the post-war that goes to buy stuff using a, a basket, plenty of bills, money, yep. yeah. and they uh, they. they uh, God stole the, I mean, they, somebody stole the, the, the basket, but the money was there. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly so what happens in Venezuela. The basket was worth, the basket more, was worth more than yeah. the money itself. Mm -hmm. Paper, just paper. Yeah. So well, you have a cell phone. You have a cell phone. You are a, you are a target. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, it's obvious. It's nuts. No, it's yeah. not easy. Now, why, why? But in the middle of that, you both had, had great professional jobs. You're mm -hmm. a biologist, so at least you worked in the in the oil industry, yeah, you're an, an engineer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had jobs that, if not for everything we just discussed, would be high paying, middle class, like very, mm -hmm. very comfortable and profitable jobs. Yeah. But that came down very quickly. Right. But then but then you leave and you come to the United States and you basically start all over. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You have to leave everything. It's like getting getting naked. Yeah. And going naked. Absolutely right. naked from for your identity, your who you are as um, not only as a, as a person but as a working person. You you I when I got here, I found that my only skill that was worth something here was I'm bilingual. That's the only one. It's the only one. That's you're, the only one. You're a, you're a trained biologist. Nothing you've else. run it. You've created NGOs. Nothing, because, yeah. Because nobody here understands what I did yeah. there. As in Spanish, I I could not translate any papers, and that's unpayable and it is so corrupt yeah. that you try to do that and they steal the papers from you. So you you end up with nothing. Wow. So, well, it's. It, it is painful, don't get me wrong, it is painful. But um, when you live in a country like Venezuela, you are used to start over again and again and again. We have done it several yeah. times. Uh, but, well, when you change country and culture and language, that's another thing. And when you leave family behind, right. and that's another story. Yeah, there's an interesting thing about that. Uh, from my point of view, you are not the same person when you when you speak Spanish than the person that speaks English. It's like having two different uh, personalities, <laughs> personalities in yeah. you, mm -hmm. um, because every language language carries uh, um, a way of thinking, mm -hmm. and uh, 
those ways of thinking of thinking are not compatible and a lot of times so when you switch culture you leave one culture behind with uh, the language and all that and then you are a new person here so really Yes, of course, I used to work uh, on uh, very interesting things and this and that and whatever. But it's behind. It's another guy. Yeah. It's like uh, reincarnation, mm -hmm. but being still alive. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the guy I used to be is on a blur, you know? I'm not very clear. I, sometimes I think, hey, was that true? No. You know, I mean, it's like a right. Very, was very I ever blurry. that? Was mm -hmm. I ever that person? I was mm -hmm. talking to somebody the, the other day about that idea and about going through traumatic events, and that at least what I used to do is I would say, "Well, when things calm down, I'll get back to the person I was." And yeah. I had a very a conscious moment at, at one yeah. point. I was just saying, "This is this is a yeah. new person. This yeah. is who I am. Yeah. That person yeah. is dead." Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, exactly. It's a, it's a it's a story. Yeah. It's a it's a you know it was. I don't know how Let's to say it. Let's call it metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Yeah. Metamorphosis. Yeah. metamorphosis so, in Spanish. So it's so similar that it's difficult to say. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, okay, I came here with $90 and uh, one luggage and a half. Oh. And uh, no, don't take me wrong. Um, a year later, I uh, used... Uh, full-sized van to move everything from one apartment to the other one. I mean, when we moved to our first uh, apartment, we had two spoons, uh, um, a bench, uh, and I can't remember what was the other thing. Next week, we had everything. I mean, people were so generous. It was mm. impressive. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's this uh, short story about that. There was this lady. She gave to us um, a basket with uh, this kind of, uh, you know, the rags you use on the kitchen, beautifully mm -hmm. arranged, and a little bag with coins inside, with quarters inside. And uh, I asked, oh, coins, what's this? And she said, because probably you are going to need the, the, the washing machine yeah. and this and that. Right. So to that level. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It is that, beautiful. Yeah, that's one of our favorite stories of yeah. when we moved. We and not only that, four years later, we had to move from uh, the place we were living in a loft in, uh, in uh, Brighton. And we had, we had to use two 20, 26 uh, feet long trucks to move everything. I mean, yeah. don't take me wrong. I don't care if I am a handyman or a, or a, I don't care. I can live. I can help my my family. I can help my daughter. I love this country. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful thing to hear yeah. right now when it seems like so much of what's going on in American oh, politics well. is against yeah. the immigrants and, and and is headed in in the direction. But you know, a like, long ways, I know, but like headed in the direction of how you can see things happen like what happened in Venezuela it, over the yeah, last 20 years. It's like Macron, the France president, mm -hmm. said the other day, okay, Trump is doing American pol uh, politics. I am not going to interfere. I mean, go, go on, you know? I mean, don't take me wrong again. It's not like I don't care about it. I care a lot because... Uh, he, we vote. Yeah this, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the blonde version of Chavez. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, in the opposite 
of the, in the opposite, yeah, the opposite spectrum. Right, yeah, the same, one is the socialist uh, government, yeah. the yeah. other is the, yeah, the opposite. But at the end, it's the same. It's control over people. I do what I want to do. Yeah, the control the power is the money. Seems like fascism and socialism. Oh, yeah, you know, they the, the ends meet the, at the yeah. top of the circle, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to dig that deep because, you know, it's uh, not the, the, the thing. But uh, still... This country is phenomenal. Yeah. But it's, I think it's important to say, and I don't want to miss the opportunity to say it, that in the midst of the immigration debate and of the caravan, you know, and all that garbage that's out there, that these are the stories that people, when Trump talks about, you know, whatever, like who's coming and, and what the immigrant population is, that these are the stories of people who have left everything behind. You don't give up everything that you gave up because you're cushy and just wanted to come. Yes. And, and a uh, change of scenery. You gave it up because you didn't have any choice. Any choice. Yes. Uh, there was one person in my job that asked me when Trump was elected and he was, you know, yelling all over the place about immigration and stuff. And they, I, I work in North, Northern Kentucky. They're very conservative, mm-hmm. uh, very Republican, but they were worried about me. Mm-hmm. They, one of them approached me, oh, like, and Marie, I don't want to be rude, but I have to ask, are you, are you safe? Are you okay? That's yes, great. I'm good. I'm okay. Why? Well, because the immigration thing. Well, you know, um, do you have papers? He said, <laughs> yes, I did. Immig- I, I was born here, so um, um, what, did, what did Trump call us? Anchor baby? Yes. I'm an anchor baby. Okay. And, uh, Which he's also trying to get rid of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he, this person was, um, oh, but you see, you did it the right way. And I look this person in the eye. I say, man, if my kids are in danger, if they don't have anything to eat, there is no wrong or right way. Right. You just do it the way you can yeah. do it. You do what you need you to do to survive. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Your family is in danger. Your kids are going nowhere. You cannot provide. You feel the violence circling you. You do what you have to do. And if that troubles other people, I'm sorry. We didn't come here to steal anybody's job or anything. Actually, I have a job which is bilingual. Right. No American can do it because none of us speak a second language. Only an immigrant can do it. Right. So... It's it's okay, uh, yeah. but when I told this person this, something clicked inside this person. Like you have to be able to, you know, use other people's shoes. Yeah. Sometimes. No, that's what know? knowing an actual person who's gone through something is all about. That's all the studies show that people that meet other people of other races of other cultures you know, it broadens their perspective. They're generally a little bit more progressive in how they think about these issues because it's difficult to look somebody in the eye that's gone through what you've gone through and then say, build some stupid wall. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why are you here? You should go home. Right. That's populism. That's just to to get votes of dummy people. They are not going to grow. Can you imagine how expensive that thing is going to be? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Who's going to carry the block? They're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. 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 So why uh, why Cincinnati when you did move to the state? <laughs> That's how good. Yeah, I always say this. Uh, you don't pick Cincinnati. Cincinnati picks you. I think that's probably true. I've yeah. been here for I've been here for 13 years, but I'm not a, a uh, you're not a original okay. Ohio. So yes, um, if you are given the choice 
you know, open the map of United States and say, hey, where do you want to live? Yeah. Oh, what? I was so exciting. I don't know. California, New York. New York. <laughs> yeah. You would say the coast, probably. Not, not Florida. It's too hot and humid. And Yeah, I didn't come from that far away to, <laughs> to end up in the same. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. No, no. So, but my family was living here. So okay. my brother worked for P&G when, when we came here. One of my brothers, the other for uh, GE. And my mother was also live, living here. So they helped us in the first steps. They, um, we had to have sponsors. sponsors. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm American, I didn't have any history here. So I needed kind of um, like a financial support. Yeah. To be able to, you know, um, move with all the family here. And um, so Cincinnati, it was. The first place we landed okay. was in Loveland. Okay. We were the weirdest people in Loveland. Our kids were the only brown kids in Loveland. Yeah. For, people, yeah. for people not from Cincinnati, Loveland <laughs> yeah. is a suburb sort of to the northeast of Cincinnati. That's a fairly affluent, yeah. fairly white yeah, very, yeah. very white. Yes. Yeah, there's not yes. going to be a yes. bunch of people yes. that understand your experience. So, there. for example, people didn't talk to my daughter in a year in the, in the high school because they didn't know what language to talk to her in. Uh -huh. So, I was, yeah, she was like, I don't know what to say. It was, uh -huh. She was miserable, poor kid. But she made it. Now right. she's in L.A. Okay. Working. Doing great. She's, she's a designer. She's great. Wow. Yeah, living the American dream. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, honestly, it seems like the, the immigrant population is the population that's really grabbed hold of the American dream while the rest of us sort of ignore oh, it. We have but, to work. Yeah. There's no way around it. You come here and you work. You don't want... I am not sitting down waiting for no handout of anything. I'm ashamed if somebody has to give me a handout of anything. Yeah. No, no. I came here to work. Yep. And that's what we do. Right. Whatever well, it takes. Let's talk about that because I want uh, I have this idea that the um, that the American idea of work in a number of different ways is sort of a, a unique Oh yes. It is. concept. <laughs> and I I want your perspective. Yeah. But let's start with uh, in any in any vein that you want to get into before you moved and, and and either including or outside of the problems that were around you in Venezuela, what is the conception of uh, the Venezuelan conception of work? Why do you work and what do you expect of it and what are you looking for? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to say something very Venezuelan. Okay, uh, work is something that bad, that bad that they have to pay you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Venezuelan thought about That's work. That's a Venezuelan really? thought. Yes. yes. Yeah, Venezuelans are uh, Venezuelans work, but they're not defined no. by work. Right. No. So no. When you ask uh, to somebody, "Who are you?" They never say, um, "I am a I, I am a, a, a an engineer." You don't define your. You no, don't introduce yourself no, with your title no. or with Who your job. Who are you? Oh, I am uh, this guy's son, or I am uh, the one, the owner of that. I am uh, uh, Mateo's father. I am, you know, it's family. It's a family. It's uh, the the place in which you live. It's mm. more. It's different. It's you, community. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah okay. You are not. You are not what you are. What you do. Yes. And, and you don't um, work as long hours and, and as you do here. And you have more vacation. You have, for example, in, in Venezuela, before we came, we, were, we had our shop and we were working. Then uh, it's 
you know, midday. Well, what are we going to do? Oh, let's go have lunch by the sea. You close our galley, put a, put a little, you know, yep. note that Out says, if we're not here, it's closed. <laughs> and that's <laughs> we left. And people knew us. <laughs> yes, and of course. Laughed. And they oh, called. These guys. If, if, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. The, everybody had our phone, uh, cell phone, so they can call us. Hey, you slackers, where are you? Oh, we're in Playa El Agua. Do you come? You want to join us here for a beer? <laughs> no. Well, and, and so we talked about your your education was in the sciences, your education was in engineering, but the last job that you had before you left Venezuela was that you had started a, a frame shop and gallery. Yep. Um, in what was the name of the uh, Margarita Island? Island. Margarita yeah. Island. Yes. Why did you? Why that? Why with what you had done previous? Did you what led you to to choose to start a small business and a more creative business? Well, uh, that was when I moved to Margarita. I was with my previous uh, wife. Mm -hmm. um, just after I broke my company, I mean, I had a construction company and uh, that was a mess. My ex-partner ran away with the money. Um, you know, that happens. Yep. A million dollar. Wow. Yeah, yeah, a million dollar. Ran not away not with any it. small loss. No, 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 that was a lot. And, uh, all the, and he ran away to Portugal. Mm. So... Uh, he was unreachable. The only one that was reachable was me, though, and I was a victim. So, but you know, but you're left with all the debts yeah, and all the responsibilities. Terrible time, terrible time. And um, well, long story short, I went to that island because uh, I couldn't find any more jobs or anything in the uh, Caracas area anymore, mm -hmm. obviously. And uh, then I went there and I started, uh, I remember, a, a small shop fixing sailboats. Mm. Because of the knowledge about engines and uh, things, and I have been sailing my entire life. So I said, okay, let's do it. But uh, then I had uh, problems with some uh, clients, uh, French people, they are pretty stingy. And uh, <laughs> I don't mind if they are going to sue me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, you are stingy guys. So the thing is, um, I had to, my ex-wife had this uh, uh, frame, framing thing. She wasn't doing anything with that, but she had all the machinery. So okay. at some point I said, okay, I'll do it. I know how to do that. And I, so I started that business. Then we divorced. Okay. And so she kept the house, the cars, the money, everything, whatever left over. Uh, she got, and the only thing I got was the machinery. Mm. So I said, okay, I have to do this. So I started doing that. Then I met her. It's your turn now. <laughs> well, at that point, I, uh, I, I had left my research position and uh, teaching position at the university. Uh, for a long time by then, I was an entrepreneur. I, was, I had my own shop of doing wooden puzzles. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I which I designed and I had a, employees and all we yeah. it was it was a good, good company it was, it was a good company Caracola was its name and um, I, I we lived pretty good um, and then we moved when I met him moved to Margarita and then okay. of course it made sense I I, I I had built a career in the arts uh, I was a well-known she's still a, a well-known artist in, in, uh, Venezuela. in Venezuela uh, and Colombia yeah I had collectors and stuff so I I, I was like, pretty good so when when we, it was like very easy transition yeah you know to go into uh, a gallery and managing a gallery and doing events and uh, shows and do you, was, do you paint what 
form does your art take? Well, right now, uh, it's digital painting, hand printing, like printing a handful prints. Uh-huh. I, uh, my way of doing art is whatever I can get my hands on. If Great. you stay long enough, long enough I'll paint you. She <laughs> will turn you into something, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, can we, uh, is there something we can link to yes, for yes, listeners yes, from the website? Yes, I have a, I have a website, Okay, yes. great. We'll put mm-hmm. a, if you're listening to this, uh, go to the distillerpodcast.com and, and we'll link and, yeah. and show some of your work. Great. That would be great. Thank you. So you, you moved here, $90 in your pocket and one suitcase. She, she, she came with a little bit more. Uh-huh. I came with enough to buy a car okay. and two suitcases. There you go. Yep. Yeah, two suitcases. Yep. That was, but it, there was, this was interesting. We brought... Our clothes. When we get here in the middle of November, when we open our suitcases, it was quite literally oh, rubbish. Oh I my mean, God! Nothing could nothing. be worn here. It was like all tropical. Right, and thing. the colors. That was color. so You're living on an island in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it doesn't Virtually really... no clothes, like bikinis really and wraps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, those suitcases were a waste. Yeah. The only thing that was really good is we brought our artwork, most yeah. of it. Okay. So that's what, that was the big one. And you, you came, you settled in. I mean, that, it's seven years in your past now, but I've got to imagine that that process oh. every single day it of was, find a place, find something to wear, find the next thing for the apartment. I mean, yeah. that is rough. exhausting work. Yeah. It was rough and very stressful, but you're in emergency mode. Yeah. You have to make it. You have to get off your family's back. Mm-hmm. That's the first goal. Uh, and make it by yourself. So my first job was a cashier at Myers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, was I was a handyman in downtown. Pretty okay. rough. But that you know, allowed us to move out from our family's house right. and rent our first little tiny dingy apartment. <laughs> Did you at that point, because like I said, I mean, you, you, uh, you came from these careers that you'd studied for and been trained for, then you opened the frame shop in the gallery, but still that's sort of your thing. It's mm-hmm. the decision you made. Now you're taking whatever you can find. Mm-hmm. What kind of a, a blow does your ego Take it that, or do you even have time to think about no, it? You it have, no, you don't have time. No, it doesn't hurt anymore. I well, mean, at the beginning, at, it was a little bit. And at this point, it doesn't. But at that point, I have to say, I cried almost every day at Myers uh, yeah. when I, I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom. Uh, you know that yeah. kind of thing. I was treated like a, you know, and I said, "Wow, this is really strong." But on the other hand, it's giving us the chance of moving out our family's house. Right, and it's what you have to do yes. in order to... And, I, and, and we were pretty, you know, clear at that point that that was not going to be our careers forever. Yeah. Uh, I still go to that Myers and smile and see the same <laughs> people I work for, with, right, right. you know, there in the machines. I know how to handle that machine. <laughs> Actually, I learned a lot there. Yeah. I learned a lot about buying stuff. Which, which is very important. Which is very important. Say when more about that. In, in what sense? Well, you learn uh, a big part of the American culture is about buying. Consumerism, yes. right. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and you, you, you meet so many people from different upbringings and different uh, 
um, you know, cultural backgrounds in that you know little big space, mm-hmm. and you see their their uh, patterns of buying. It was it was pretty. In marketing, we call that their purchase habits. Yeah, the purchase habits exactly, right. and uh, it was it was it was interesting. Oh, I know the knowledge you got example, about. For uh, example, yeah, cooking from scratch was a rarity when okay. I moved here. It's People like are buying what, processed yeah. foods and uh, not, yeah, not yeah. fresh food. No, yeah. and uh, when I bought, and what are you doing? They always ask me, "What are you doing with this <laughs> lasagna?" <laughs> From scratch? <laughs> yeah. Is there another way to do lasagna? I don't know. Yeah, it's in the freezer. <laughs> I no, I, we didn't know that. We yeah. that was a and boring, we cook every day. We, we cook, cook every, every day, day yeah. still. Right. Yeah, still. What's the uh, what is the difference between? So you moved here, and effectively, you are you are in poverty. You have support from your families, but you're both working low-paying jobs. Mm. And it sounds like reasonably quickly, I mean, it had to be agonizingly slow at the time, but you had your sights set on this job will get me to the next thing. But there is an entire American native population in poverty. What's the difference between the mindset that you had when you were doing those jobs and the person who's doing that job but can't imagine something else and can't, well, can't I- somehow envision something better? Yeah, I can, I, can, I can say two things. One thing is you have no option. And you know the difference. You know you, know you come from a mm-hmm. different thing. And you know that you can't do it better. So okay. you will not stay on that, in ba- that bad position. And yeah. the other one is imagination. Hmm. Nobody had, had told me never, you can't do this. Right. Nobody. If somebody come, come and say to me, you can't do that. I will say, Psh, watch me. <laughs> I will do it. I will mm-hmm. do it. Of course, that can lead me to some trouble because if this is a police, a police officer that say, you can't do that. Yes, I can. Well, I could, but I am not going to do it. I got the message. You know, that kind of thing. And no, 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 no. They are too, too gigantic. It's impressive. It's impressive how big these guys are. Yeah. yeah, the other day they I recruit them that way. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a, a little misunderstanding with a, uh, one police officer one time because I drove in in a, in a place I shouldn't, mm-hmm. and uh, I got nervous. I, I went into uh, in a, in a, a neighborhood I didn't know, and there was just some kind of an issue there with police patrols, and I, I didn't know the way out, so I went through, mm-hmm. and th- this mountain came. <laughs> And said to me some things I can't re- I can't remember what he he said. I explained in the best way I did. He was pretty gentle but solid, you know, like. Yeah. And um, at the end of the issue, I said, "Should I go and ask the guy to to give me his uh, you know autograph or something?" He was like coming from Hollywood, a gigantic guy. You may not have responded well to that. No, 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 no. no. I have a vivid imagination, but I know how to shut up. And yeah, yeah, I can do that in seven different languages. Were, were you, during this time, were you, it sounds like one of the key elements that you just described is that you, that you believed in yourself, that you knew what you were capable of and that this experience didn't define who you were. And maybe it goes back to the fact that your work had never defined 
yeah. who you were mm -hmm. culturally. So mm -hmm. maybe that's one of the things that happens when you define yourself by your job is that if you don't have the job you lose that you want, you lose, your, you lose your identity. Mm -hmm. Were you ever tempted during that time to sort of give up on yourselves? Did you ever doubt your capability then? No, well, well we couldn't afford that. That's, that's the, the bare rea reality. We could not afford to give up. We, have, we had two ki three kids in high school by that mm -hmm. time. They yep. needed support to get through and start college. Yeah. And that was a daunting experience. Imagine doing FAFSA for the first time, <laughs> being a foreigner. Oh, yeah. I, I cried the whole, pro I still cry sometimes when I have to do it. I, I think still I cried do when it. I did it for myself, oh my yeah. Taxes, the first right? time I had to Just do taxes. Just navigating all of these systems. I, I, I said, I'm dumb. I don't understand a thing. What? Nobody understands. No, that's yes, not Yes, I realize true. that now. Yeah. I feel like especially I know. They say they are special. They have <laughs> no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had no, 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 no choice. We, we had to go through, and we, know, we knew that one crappy job will lead us to a better one. I worked in collections for oh, a year. Oh, you did. That was the saddest job. It has to I was be. even sadder than yeah. uh, Myers. Yes, yeah. uh, it was. It was pretty rough. But I moved on quickly, and then now I work for a company that I'm. I'm. I'm happy working for. Well, let's. So let's fast forward a little bit because now I feel like my understanding of your story is you both have still kind of straight jobs. You you both have day jobs that you yeah. do, but you're also expanding into your more creative enterprises. So tell me a little bit about what you're both doing. To pay the bills, so to speak, well, right now. I, I work for a manufacturing um, company that's called National Van and Tag. Mm -hmm. um, they are in Newport, and they make, manufacture metal tags for animals, all kinds of, for conservation, for uh, research, for okay. poultry, for and any kind of thing. And um, I've been there for... Four years? Yeah, but oh your my. your specialization. Yeah, is well, that's like, another like thing. That's yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it makes me more curious <laughs> to know what it is that. Do we're... you seriously want me to talk about it? Yeah. Well, tell us at least what it is. Well, um, my specialty within National Band and Tag is selling um, tags for rooster fight. Seriously? Yes, internationally. Inter internationally, right? Yes. Inter wow. That's my specialty. I could, <laughs> I could write a book about that. You're, you are a rooster fashionista. Uh, yeah, I'm a rooster fashionista. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going on the masthead of this episode on the website because I guarantee we will never have another rooster fashionista <laughs> no. on the yeah. on the show. <laughs> yes. But it but it is your bilingual yeah. capability and yeah. your experience yeah. that enables you to do something that somebody that's else that's unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Could not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Luis, what is your? Well, my, I am a mold maker in uh, Rookwood Pottery Company. Okay, a famous. Yes. Again, people not yes. from Cincinnati don't know what Rookwood Pottery is to Cincinnati. Rookwood Pottery is one of those heritage businesses, yeah. legacy businesses when, in Cincinnati. Yeah, one of the first uh, companies owned by a woman in this. Uh, really. Eighteen eighty. Yes. Wow. So. There's uh, there's something interesting about this. When uh, I realized that I was um, uh, emigrating, I was going to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I googled Cincinnati because I what I do I know about Cincinnati? The Reds. Yeah. That's the only thing I knew. 
So I Googled it. The second thing, the first thing that showed up was uh, PNG, obviously. Mm. But the second one was uh, Rookwood. And uh, four years later, I was w working in Rookwood. I had no idea I could work in there. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you move to Cincinnati and if you're looking to rent a house, this was my experience mm -hmm. anyway, that if somebody's showing you a house and it has Rookwood tile in it, that's going to be the first thing they talk yep. about. Yes. Yep. Because that's the big selling yep. point. Yes. Yep. They're beautiful. They're heritage. They're yep. part of the history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got when I come uh, came here. I got hired by a small artist studio in uh, in um, what's the name Gilbert Avenue mm -hmm. to uh, up in Walnut Hills. Walnut yeah, Hills, well, yeah. Uh -huh. Hills mm -hmm. to uh, fix some apartments and things they had. But uh, the business uh, there was part about pottery and stuff, and the other part was uh, about making mannequins. Okay. So the other guy saw, saw my abilities, my you know, skills, and said, oh, maybe you can help me with this. So I started making molds for mannequins and uh, making the prototypes and all that. It, I mean, it's a logical thing. You, mm -hmm. you, you have some uh, experience uh, making some molds. I, I used to make molds with my father when I was a kid with soap for uh, uh, small cars because uh -huh. we had one of those, uh, you know, tracks, electric tracks with things. The and slot the, car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So we started uh, customizing the thing just for fun. And uh, I said, well, this is pretty much the same, just uh, we are talking about hands and, you know, other parts. So I, I started doing that. So then I got hired for a different, uh, by a different um, uh, studio as well, but this time was for bronze, hmm. working with bronze. Uh, and uh, well, I was a mold maker working there. And then I found this other job with uh, these guys uh, in, in Rookwood. Uh, so now I am, uh, I have my own title. They call me the Master Monster Mold Maker. Master Monster Mold Maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You're giving me a lot of good material here as far as these job titles go. <laughs> Chicken Fashionist, oh, Rooster Fashionist. Rooster Fashionista, Master Monster Mold Maker. Yeah. Exactly. That's wow. Good titles, huh? Yeah, this is, this is great. And wait until you hear the other ones, the, the fire-related ones. Well, well, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. I have to ask you one one question which is mm -hmm. sort of going back to one thing that you said you were talking about the way that language changes your mm -hmm. identity and that's that's an idea that I've I've been super interested in for a long time I think um, I think generally if we think about language we generally think about language as a representation of who we are not as a, not as a factor that shapes um, oh, who yeah. we are mm -hmm. And there's a, a book that I read a few years ago, a book uh, by a guy named David Abram called The Spell of the Sensuous. And it's basically, um, I think the subtitle is uh, Language and Perception in a More Than Human World. But he talks about the way that primitive languages in animistic cultures shaped learning. And I wonder if your conception of yourselves and your identity around work we talked about the, the Venezuelan concept of work and it not being tied to identity. Are you finding that your identity is getting closely, more closely tied to who you are as you become more Americanized in that? Or is it still largely separate from I you? I think we're schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have several yeah. personalities. And, How could uh, you not be with? Yes, and yeah. and, and so yes. it's part of that metamorphosis. Exactly. So you you lose things, you gain things, but mm -hmm. at the end you are both. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
for example, Spanish is a very metaphorical, flowery, over planetary Baroque, Baroque yeah, language. Yeah, it's a romance language. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, for saying something that in English would take you two sentences, you have to do two paragraphs. And still, you have to use your hands. Right. Yeah. And, you got to And the eyes. And, and <laughs> yes. And you have, yeah, there's so much in, into that. That it's not only just, just yeah. the language. Oh, this wall is blue. No. This beautiful wall reminds me of the sea when I, you know, yeah, you tell a story and a poem and it's, it's, it's gotta have a flourish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's different and uh, it's very, it counts a lot in your imagination. And I think imagination mm. is a big key of who we are. Yeah. We, we have great imagination. We're learning how to apply that here. Which takes time because it's a little scary. Yeah, but it's a little bit tricky. As it's well. tricky, yeah. yes, and it's it in English, and that's trickier. Oh, and maybe not, tricky, maybe yeah. less appreciative of imagination. No. no, no, no. Actually, we have found that not at first. There's a little. No, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some uh, kind of uh, they they get scared. Uh -huh. No, Luis, don't do that. Uh, why not? All right, why not? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, no, no. We have found that if you persist mm -hmm. and show who you are, truly who you are, what you're capable of, and what your imagination, where your imagination can take you, uh, people are pretty awesome about it. Great. That's so good. So now let's talk about the fire, the fire and what you're moving into, because it sounds to me like now, you know, seven years mm -hmm. is one of those magical mm -hmm. periods yes. of time. Mm -hmm. yes. It's a cycle. Yeah. In, in any number of different chains of thought, you know, seven years is, is, a, is a, a marker to a next phase. And it sounds like you have solidified certain things, but now you're moving into more creative endeavors. I want to let you describe that rather than... Yes, well, now that we're settled, we are, we are working, our kids are all in college. We, One is, we bought a house yeah. in Bellevue. We actually applied for a mortgage and got it. Yeah. You're figuring out yeah, the system. Yes, yep. uh, we are yeah. figuring that out. And it's for actually, better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes, no, no, and it no, works for, for us. All the time. It's always. It's always we always say that every year is one step better than the previous one. That's great. Every single year. With the exception of the last one, which was a little bump, but it's okay. We're not talking about that. Um, Don't um, say that because then you end up talking. Talking about, about that. that, yes. No, no, that's not the 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 thing. Is um, we were talking about. I lost. Uh, just but, talking about moving forward and expanding into your yes, creative okay. endeavors. So now that we're all settled. Uh, our oldest daughter is independent, living in LA as a designer, paying her student loans and stuff, uh, working the system, as you said. Yeah, like you have um, to do. Another son, uh, our son is studying in Berlin, hmm. which is another take on the American dream. That's you can great. do whatever. You right. can yeah. go overseas. You get the loan, you go there. You yeah. go there. So he's studying there, uh, politics. Fantastic. And. Uh, um, Natalia, Natalia is, about, is, is about to go to France, so oh, let's see how that goes. So they're they're <laughs> settled, they're adults, kind of. Air quotes. Yes. That's what you didn't see, listeners. <laughs> yes. They got beforehand me. Yeah. Yes. So so we're now like okay, we're getting like okay, the itch. 
Right. What's next? What's next? Now is our time. Yep. We we gave all we we could to make this happen. Now it's our time. And uh, we are dreamers. We have always been dreamers. And uh, yeah, dreamers, but doers. But doers, exactly. It's not, not just, it's not just, just sitting, sitting in the couch there, dreaming. dreaming yeah. Because, okay, there's a time for that, but there's a time for making that happen, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's time. We have been, for two years, working um, like a... Well, let's put it like bluntly. Um, Cooking for large crowds in open fire, which is Fire Lab. It's our little yeah, adventure. But, yeah, but Fire Lab is not only about cooking. No. We mm -hmm. invented a machine, uh, let's call it machine, uh, <clears throat> that uh, it, it has um, different chambers inside. So when you light the fire, it burns the, the off gases and then it expands. I mean, I am not going to explain the physics. Well, of go, it. go a little bit into it because yeah. you're an engineer. I want to, I want to humor you a little bit, but I'm also <laughs> interested in, in what you're describing. Yeah. Well, it's not just a, it's not just an outdoor grill. It's not just a barbecue no, or a smoker. No, in no, fact, we, it sounds like it, kind of the opposite. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It is the opposite. Yeah, it is. Um, it is uh, some kind of a grill or something like that. But now, about what I am talking about, it's not about what it is now. It's what is inside. Hmm. We call it the engine. It's. Um, it, uh, we call it the dragon. That machine, uh, theoretically, can uh, you, if you modify certain uh, little uh, um, uh, proportions on it, you can get temperature enough as to melt metal or uh, melt wow. uh, uh, glass, glass. Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, um, fire uh, uh, ceramics, so mm -hmm. different things. A so, kiln or a, yes. a foundry. or yeah. A, yeah. So that machine is very interesting because it's based on uh, the kilns they used 2,000 years ago for uh, probably... Yes, during the maybe not that long, uh, during the um, Muslim Empire in the in the uh, Mediterranean to get the first uh, swords uh, okay. made out of uh, of uh, steel, mm -hmm. which needs a lot of temperature. So the thing is, they made those uh, kilns, those little things in um, in a hill. So they use the draft caused by the by, by the heel. In this case, we can't drag a heel around, so we have to mimic that in a small proportion. And um, so the first thing we made, uh, uh, driven by that engine, let's say, is uh, was this is this grill. We call it the dragon grill because it roars like a dragon. It's a is it on? Is it on a trailer? Is it mobile? It's mobile. It's not that heavy. It's like uh, probably three hundred pounds it or something like that. But uh, two two <laughs> two guys can put it on. Yeah. Uh, no, but but the thing is, but it it is very um, uh, efficient. You hmm. throw in there a couple of little pieces of wood. And uh, it works with solid, uh, solid fuel, mm -hmm. wood pellets, or uh, maybe uh, a charcoal or something like that, and it will ro uh, run for a lot of time. And not only that, the temperature is even. It's, uh, it reaches the 650, 600 something, and stops there. 
because the thermodynamics of it doesn't allow the machine to go higher. If you change the, the proportion, it can melt itself. That happened to us with the first uh, um, the prototype. Uh -huh. It self-destroyed. <laughs> and so it was made out of steel. Who did you build this with? With, uh, with yourself. Yeah, I, I okay. built, I built yeah. that. I mean, with my partner. Well, you, see, you kept saying we. I didn't know if oh, this was... Oh, ja uh, Jamie, ja James Payne. Jamie uh, Payne, mm -hmm. which is okay. my uh, the other, the other uh, partner on this. He's uh, he's an amazing guy and uh, very strong and uh, very very clever. And knows a lot about uh, welding and working yeah. with steel. So every time we have a, a, a you know funny idea, uh, we used to make a lot of different machinery. We made a, a mechanical hammer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was I mean we have we have been working a lot together, right. and. Um, Yeah, when we made the first one, that was the core was made out of uh, steel because it was easy. Uh, it self-destroyed. I mean, hmm. it made an implosion. Right. I mean, think about it. Melted itself down. <laughs> yeah. Melted itself. So yes, uh, this one is kind of tamed, and oh, um, it's beautiful. She's it's so a lady. sweet. She yeah. is. Oh, I well, love it's a heavy cooking. lady. Really? Don't, it's, don't yes, say that. it's a heavy lady. Do we have? I'll, I'll have to put pictures uh, yes, on the website. Me. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's a it's a beauty to work with. I love cooking in this because it doesn't melt it doesn't heat you. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't it, cook it the only, cook. It only it only uh heats the surface and the surface is a plancha, it's a, a it's a flat griddle. Yeah. And uh and you can you can put things on the uh on the uh rotisserie also, but yeah. without smoke, it doesn't have smoke. No smoke. No, no it's smoke. a smokeless. But a high heat. High heat, yeah. yes. So you're cooking uh, Mostly meat. No, no. no. actually, no. veggies are wonderful on that. Really? Yeah. Yes. People that never eat tomatoes, they will eat tomatoes out, <laughs> out of that. Out. Yes, all yes. that may are the fact you know the crust that is like bread. Uh huh. Uh, uh -huh. Modification of the of the protein oh, and yes. all that because just a, of the temperature. Just about dinner time. And yeah. That. Okay. Well, it sounds like there are multiple pieces because you got this machine, yeah. the dragon. Yeah. You got an obvious love for food and cooking, but then the way that you describe it is this is all a vehicle for community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's because part of the idea behind Fire Lab is not it's not a restaurant. No. no. It's you creating a space for other people to come and sort of a canvas for other people to paint on. Yeah, it's an experience. It's a full experience because it's not only about what you are going to eat. It's the you see the thing happening and mm -hmm. then you eat what you saw there, you know? Uh, I mean, we uh, we um, had this uh, wedding some months ago. A month ago. A month ago, mm -hmm. and um, the, we we of course we came up with a menu and everything that they decided. But at the end of the time, around 11 in the night, um, we came with this uh, uh, mystery basket. We I put on that plancha things you wouldn't believe like a pig tongue mm -hmm. or uh, goat, a goat uh, and things people wouldn't normally, wouldn't they normally order know. Or they were like yeah. what is this <laughs> this is a piece of goat goat i would never try it oh it's delicious you know yeah. because you see what is going on and uh, uh, i don't know people have been doing this for I don't know, thousands, thousands of, years. of years. I mean, actually, people, uh, there's some theories uh, about what makes uh, a human a human. Um, some say it's the opposite 
Tom, right. some people say, no, it's a language. Uh, some people say, no, it's a, the ludic characteristic. So we, because we keep uh, playing so long, we can't uh, learn. Mm -hmm. Animals stop uh, uh, playing. playing when they, they are not cubs anymore, you know, that kind right. of thing. But I think that what makes us humans is the ability of cooking, hmm. taming the fire. I've certainly fire. read that brain development that resulted, you know, in the in the move into this species mm -hmm. of human had to had to do with cooked food. Yeah, yes. you you can get better food. Yep. Instead of uh, having to uh, to eat a little bit of raw something that you can barely uh, chew, yep. no, you are going to make that edible and uh, you know easy to opens to up the availability of the proteins more yeah. and, and, and transport fuels development. that food you can't pack right. that food in a small place and go around the world or you know yeah, yeah i think it's, it it has to do with the amount of food you need if you eat only raw food you will need enormous amounts so you spend a lot of time just looking eating. for food and if it doesn't like you said food. if you can't preserve it then you and it's then a daily you, activity it's like yeah. you're a cow right you're right. you're constantly you're just grazing yeah grazing yeah. chewing yep. uh, doing digestion and pooing that's that's your, <laughs> that's your, your life, that's your life. <laughs> yeah uh, but when you have the ability to cook then you you stop right doing that for a while so oh the bug what do i do now right, right. what do i do with yeah. all this spare time let's yeah. let's you know do war no that was a bad idea <laughs> yeah. yeah that's well, the dark but, side of that yeah, yeah, yeah but, but you know there are fun the, parts the, of it, the game, of it yeah. yes so but, yes coming around fire is a very primal thing that defines yeah. us as humans i think and uh and we find that every time so this that started like we do uh equipment has now also developed a whole side of it that people want us to provide that experience. You know, come to our place, to our farm, to our whatever space mm -hmm. and cook for us because the, the whole experience is what we want. We don't want the food only. We want to be there <clears throat> watching right. you do it. And, uh, and there's, there's something about fire that slows down everything, mm -hmm. you know. You tend to forget all your worries. You, you're, you're there around the fire. Stories tend to be like available there. I don't yeah. know. They're in the air. Oh, it's the original television. Oh, yes. You can just yeah. sit and watch the fire exactly. for hours. It is a little bit more than just that. It's a, I, I, I call it like the, the time traveling mm. because there's different ways of doing that. One simple way is to watch the sky at night, a as, as starry night, and use our watching like that you know have been traveling for thousands of years right. to get to your eyes so it's you are seeing things that probably are not there any longer but and uh, the other thing is watching something that have been there forever have been happening forever from the beginning fires when one of those things when yep. you watch fire you you are experiencing uh, experiencing something that every single human being, has experience. Yes, has experience mm -hmm. for something <laughs> elemental. So yeah. it's it's very yeah, it's very connecting. It doesn't matter what culture you come from, mm -hmm. you can relate to fire. Yeah. And uh, people are willing to try different things when you're they're around, around fires. And I, I find that very interesting because one of the challenges for foreigners with food here is that people are very unwilling to try yep. um, weird stuff. 
Yeah, the Midwest is not yeah, known like for its what expansive is? culinary no. tastes. Well, it, it, it has grown. It, 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 it is it is changing, but you, changing. you still do get that in Cincinnati there is Grater's ice cream and Montgomery Inn and Skyline Chili, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's basically and that's basically it. Yeah, yes. maybe La Rosa's Pizza. But uh, fortunately, the market is big enough. Yes, there's other people that are perfectly willing to do yep. it, and not yep. only that, pushing us. Yes, there's there's and there's an international push for a cultural, diverse mm-hmm. cuisine in every single place. So, yep. and immigrants bring that. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's what we bring. That's our job, to bring food. Yeah. You know? And we have found that that's a great way of making friends. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. cook a lot. <laughs> you want to build a community of people. Build a community yeah. of people just right. because you're, you know, you're, you're presenting yourself in a way. Yeah, you know? yeah. last year you, we uh, participated on the food and wine uh, uh-huh. thing. Classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic, yeah, that one. And um, we came up with this dome, which is a pretty... Uh, common thing in southern South America. Uh, in the Venezuelan and northern Brazilian area, there's a version of that, but it's uh, perishable. It's a, it's a thing you make with twigs. Okay. And uh, you burn, you, we say we burn. Well, we cook something in there and then it's gone, you know? Mm. Uh, we made this gigantic thing that was like 12 feet uh, no, a little bigger. Diameter. Diam- in diameter. It was a dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full a of fi- meat. Yeah. In the, in, <laughs> the, meat. in the morning when the chefs came and they saw that thing and they were like, no, what is this? And I started showing them. Now you do this, you do that. And I don't know, a couple of hours later, everybody was so, um, you know, happy to be hanging things in, uh, around four in the in the afternoon, you saw that thing like a fire. I don't know a Christmas tree on fire. So other people were hanging their <laughs> their things to be cooked <laughs> on your. No. Yeah, what happens if we have a pineapple? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. what about this? Hang it there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it. yeah, at the beginning they were like you know you know they are chefs they have a name and you know. They have a style, and they that, have a yeah. style, and yeah. they got scared. There was a one I am not going to say his name. He was mad at me. What, how how do you? I mean, why? No. <laughs> and then he was the one. I mean, the best one doing that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me because through all the whole discussion, the ways that you are not focusing on the hardship, but focusing on the way out of it, the way that you're focusing on the next thing, the way that even now that you're, that things have solidified you for you and now you're building your creative endeavors and your impulse is always outward, outside of yourselves, outside of your own difficulty at the time when it was difficult. And now bringing people in, even in that situation, you don't just focus on the chance that you've got an opportunity in in the food and wine classic, but you're pulling people in there. That is a really beautiful impulse. How, how has your, we started talking about the particularly Venezuelan concept of work. We started talking, we talked then about how you have changed. How has your relationship to the work that you do and what you're expecting from your lives as it relates to work changed moving forward? Like, um, you know, and I guess this is coming from the perspective of thinking about what we were talking about, about that person that you used to be isn't anymore. You are a new person now as a result of all of these experiences. 
So when I say to you, what is most important in the work that you do, either the work that you do to pay the bills or the work that you do and that you participate in creatively, whether if those are not the same thing, where are your priorities right now and how, how you spend your time and well, what you consider work? Connecting, <coughs> connecting with people, I think it w- will be the, the, the top, top thing. I think um, Latin Americans, we are very gregarious. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yep, gregarious. Okay. Yep. So we, we, we are always in a bunch. Here is more like individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, they are strong communities, and but they work in a different way. We haven't yet, you know, figured everything out. But we have found that uh, around food, we can make that community happen. Right. Yeah. And it rem- always, always, always. Do you remember that first paella we cooked in yes. our apartment? Oh yes. We got like thirty-five people. And, and we, didn't, for we didn't know everybody. Yeah. They just came. Yeah, they just came. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, we cooked two paellas. One was a, ri- a black rice, which is uh, with the squid ink, ink. Uh-huh. and the other one, a uh, traditional Valencia paella. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe I cooked too much. And then I turned around and I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting part is that nobody in that room had ever had paella before. And mm. do you know how scary a black rice look for a... a well, and it's a, not going to help when you tell them that squid ink that makes yeah. the rice, the it's rice black. black. But they <laughs> loved it. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Now it's one of the favorites. It's Our friends fire. ask, oh, what do you want for, for your birthday? <gasps> a black rice, please. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. yes, and, um, and and moving forward, one thing but that is uh, a little you know scary here is um, what do you do when you get older? Mm-hmm. We are not getting younger, uh, of course, obviously, and uh, we came here too late to have a plan for retirement. Right. So we are both in uh, in our fifties, so it's. Uh, it's challenging. So we know we have to work until the last day. We, we, we yeah. know that. Yeah, we have no uh, We are not planning on that. retiring, but we do have to think how to retire. Not retire, like work smart. How to make the work something yeah. you can yes, do. something yeah. we right. can do. Yeah. So, And I think that that way that we're building is the way the way to go. We, um, you know, building community, cooking, um Showing people how to do things. Our, yeah, our dream, our, our ultimate dream is to own a farm where we could be a destination. Mm-hmm. You know, you go and spend the weekend with FireLab doing do your own knife weekend and cook and yep. eat and, use, and it. use it and cook. And cut with it. Make your own. And stay with us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can can forge, we can blow uh, glass, we can do pottery, we can cook, we can uh, 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 pickle, we can uh, uh, ferment, we can. A storytelling weekend. Yeah. You don't do anything but tell stories around. Have fun and smoke a cigar with a good coffee. Mm hmm. I love it. These all sound like wonderful things. I want to be there. (laughs) So you're sold. Absolutely sold. Yeah, we'll put a sign-up sheet on the website. You're our first. (laughs) Count me in. The first invitation. There's there's four, well, five things that goes together perfectly in in an evening. Uh, The right coffee Mm -hmm. with the, the right rum, with the right chocolate, the right cigar. And the right stories. Around fire. 
around fire. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. That so sounds like an evening I want to be participating need, in. Yeah, you don't need to get that, drunk. You don't need to do stupid things. You don't need to get a ticket. You, no, no, no. You sit down there. You talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. The weirdest, the better. Uh, and have this the, the chocolate with the nice rum and uh, the cigar, if you want. It's optional. I love it. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's, yeah. that's actually how we end our events. So after all the hustle and bustle and we, you know, fires are dying yeah. and we are dying too <laughs> because it's eight hours, 12 hours of, of, of continuous work. Yeah. We sit down, open a bottle of Venezuelan rum. It has to be a Venezuelan rum because okay. it's really good. And we have chocolate and we just sit down and share stories and laugh about, you know, oh, look, this person said this and that about, this person wanted to kiss the, the, the pig. That's and, true, that's true. There yeah. was a lady that, that was, a, a, well. She wanted to kiss the pig. She wanted to kiss yeah. the pig. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. I, I, that speaks only well about the food. <laughs> that compliments the chef right there. <laughs> right. Well, I, I do know that these guys are just about to open up behind mm-hmm. us, so we may okay. need to, to move along and, and let them open their space. But I love this. I love hearing everything that you've come through and the hopefulness that you bring to it. And I look forward to hearing what you do next. And I'm absolutely serious. Sign, sign me up. Okay. I'm there because okay. these sound like the things I want to be involved in. You're the first in the list. All right. I'm there. <laughs> it's going to be a pleasure. Thank you. For Louise, thank you so much for spending the time. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you thank you for having us. This episode of The Distiller was recorded live at Commonwealth Bistro, serving Southern fare with a modern twist at 621 Main Street in Covington, Kentucky's Mainstrasse Village. Thanks so much to owners Chris and Tess Burns for hosting us for this episode and to the staff of Commonwealth Bistro for taking such good care of us. Commonwealth serves locally sourced and historically inspired cuisine, and you can see the entire menu, learn a bit about the restaurant, and make a reservation at commonwealthbistro.com or just link to their website and social media pages from our website at thedistillerpodcast.com. Much love and huge thanks to Anne-Marie Herrera and Luis Laya for telling us their story on this episode of The Distiller. Yes, they're absolutely inspiring and their excitement is contagious, but most of all, after speaking with them, I was challenged to remain hopeful in the face of darkening skies. There's nothing for keeping your chin up like speaking to people who've stared down adversity and are still motivated to create beauty and community as a reaction. Thank you both very much. As promised, we have links not only to Fire Lab's website and social media pages, but also to Anne-Marie's art on our website at thedistillerpodcast.com. Please take the time to learn more about what they're doing. And if you're looking for something to set your next event or gathering apart, or if you're a chef or a restaurateur looking to partner with them, please visit fire-lab.com for more information. The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson, with co-production and booking from Terry Heist. Our show is mixed and edited by Justin Golden. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan, and our videos are by Mike Helm of Minute Moments Pictures. Special thanks to Rich Hordinsky and Monastery Studios for equipment help with this and past episodes. And you can find The Distiller wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe to The Distiller wherever you listen to be notified when new episodes are released. 
If you like what we're doing, please spread the word. Follow, like, and share our posts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And be sure to rate and review The Distiller wherever you listen so other people can find the show as well. Remember, you can listen and download every episode of The Distiller and find information including links, photos of the guests, a map of all of our show locations, and get in touch with us all at thedistillerpodcast.com. And don't forget, you can also email us. The email address is mail at thedistillerpodcast.com. Tell us who you think should be on the show to talk about their search for meaningful work or where you think we should record the show, please do get in touch, whether by email, on the website, or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. We always love to hear from you. So until next time, I'm Brandon Dawson. Thanks for listening to The Distiller. Bye-bye.